Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Dean, you've covered many different regulatory topics over the last year and started off this year reminding us of the emerging hot topic for climate risk. So what do you have on tap for us today? Well, Lynn, I'd like to say I have a good IPA on tap, but let's stick to the regulatory landscape and discuss a recent issue that's being cited under UDAP, which is unfair, deceptive, abusive acts and practices, and can have significant implications on financial institutions. I have an idea. I might have a need for an IPA after this discussion. It's over with Dean. (laughs) (laughs) So a good IPA would be nice, but please bring us up to speed on this recent issue. And maybe we could have the IPA after today's presentation. Yeah. So I'm going to pivot just a little bit, but well, the specific issue actually deals with uh, overdraft protection programs. Um, And and, um, I'm going to talk about the overdraft protection programs and how Uh, There could be some UDAP implications if institutions don't adjust and adapt to uh, the the scrutiny and what the expectations are. Financial institutions have recently been scrutinized by, you know, more recently the uh, Division of Banks in Massachusetts, but also uh, the the federal regulators are catching on as well as it relates to non-sufficient funds fees when the same item is presented uh, multiple times for payment against a negative balance in the consumer's account. Wow. So financial institutions cannot charge multiple fees if the item is presented multiple times? Well, that's not exactly the case, but let me try to unpack this for the audience. The first issue actually relates to the disclosure of those fees in account agreements. Uh, many of the account agreements or disclosures did not clearly state that the financial institution may charge a separate NSA fee for each item, or each time, I should say, for the same item being presented against the negative balance. So in other words, we have an overdraft that has occurred, and then in the interim, the bank charges for that overdraft. The item is then represented or represented again. And then the bank would charge a second charge if the item is presented again against a negative balance without giving any, uh, the consumer the opportunity uh, to bring that balance to a positive balance so that they would not incur the particular fee. Um, so this is being viewed as, as, as what we call deceptive uh, practice under UDAP. And it's a three-part test that they use to determine uh, whether a representational mission or practice is considered uh, deceptive, and it starts with misleads or uh, or likely to mislead the consumer, uh, must be reasonable under the circumstances, and it must be material. So, so basically, if the disclosures include the appropriate language that the consumer may be charged multiple fees if the same items presented multiple times against insufficient funds. The financial institution would be okay? Yeah, you know, I I think the short answer to that is yes, but 
<laughs> oh come on! There's always a but, Dean. What's the but? Yeah. Well, of course, you know, and, and as I indicated and started out in Massachusetts, we've seen the FDIC scrutinize financial institution practices uh, to determine if the consumer was provided with sufficient notification of the negative balance when the first NSF fee was assessed. So the consumer could deposit additional funds and avoid a second NSF fee when the transaction was resubmitted. The issue, the issue that institutions have to grapple with uh, here is the notice uh, of NSF, uh, which is technically not required by regulation. So under Truth in Savings, which uh, governs disclosure provisions for deposit accounts, um, does not include notification requirements. And it's unclear how institutions can be cited uh, for timeliness when it's not, there is no uh, uh, provisions in the, in the act itself that, that, uh, that require notification. Although many banks do, as a matter of practice, include notice provisions, uh, they're not required in, uh, in, and are unable to determine what would be considered sufficient in terms of time. So now do you see why you know institutions have these challenges? And, and, and it, it, again, it's very, very confusing. And a lot of the criticism is coming about the timely notification so that it gives the consumer the opportunity to bring the account to a positive balance before they're charged again, um, although notification is not required. <laughs> see, well, boy, I'll tell you what, Dean, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this regulatory gobbledygook. While I understand the disclosure issue, I cannot understand how an institution can comply with notice requirements without notice requirements being required by the regulation. Yeah. <laughs> Explain that. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, is, it, is this a, our version of Abbott and Costello? Who's yeah. on first and what's the name of the second? Yeah, who's on first and what's on second? No, I tell yeah. you, that's correct, man. And, you know, hence the issue. I mean, I was asked last week from a financial institution who mails notifications to their, you know, to their customers of NSF activity, whether that would be whether it would be considered timely, given the item would most likely be presented a second time before the initial notice was even received by the consumer. And, you know, it really puts us in a in, in, a, in a, a tight spot. I really cannot answer that question. It certainly isn't reasonable or practical to call every customer uh, in overdraft status. Uh, again, what, uh, you know, what would one do uh, as there is no regulatory guidance published uh, on point? Um, the ABA, uh, to their credit, did publish a staff analysis uh, of the issue in February of this year, which indicated that the FDIC's focus during exams was on proper disclosure. But in an oral presentation, February 16th of 2022, an official from the FDIC's Boston region, and again, again, the Boston region, Massachusetts Division of Banks, you know, stated that its office is currently assessing financial institutions uh, 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 based on a broader set of factors. And they, and they went on to list what those two factors were, uh, whether a financial institution clearly discloses to the customer uh, or the consumer that he or she may be charged multiple fees if the same item is presented multiple times. Um, and that makes perfect sense. We should disclose clearly. Um, and then whether a financial institution provides timely notice to the customer of the insufficient balance. And, and again, at the time of the transaction triggering the first NSF activity so that the consumer has the opportunity to bring the deposit account uh, to a positive balance uh, prior to the second uh, 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 submission of of the uh, item. Um, so the FDIC 
officially suggested that a bank may have committed a UDAP violation if the customer, after incurring uh, that NSFE, does not have the sufficient time to remedy uh, the negative balance before the second fee is assessed. Even if the bank had disclosed to the customer that uh, uh, multiple NSF fees for the same item may be charged. The official also confirmed that the FDIC has not issued any formal guidance on the topic of uh, represented transactions and suggested that guidance would be forthcoming. But once again, Len, we still have not seen any additional guidance. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's very difficult to guide institutions with respect to notification without having clear uh, expectations or guidance relative to what they want. Um, wow, it's just really tough. <laughs> Uh, Dean, I can taste that IPA right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to say this is confusing is uh, to understate it. So, yeah. so <clears throat> making sense of all this uh, gobbledygook, what do you recommend to our listeners? Yeah, well, I always say this, you know, don't put the cart in front of the horse because we don't want to set an expectation <laughs> that isn't. Uh, but given that the ABA staff analysis uh, and the issues we've seen in Massachusetts and the lack of regulatory guidance, I certainly would recommend uh, that institutions make clear that uh, deposit account agreements and disclosures um, are are 100% clear on uh, NSF fees that will be assessed uh, multiple times if resubmitted against insufficient funds. Um, you may want to define item as well when they uh, include that in their disclosure. Uh, with regard to notice, I always say do not uh, get too far out over our skis. Um, however, when the issue has come up at conferences and oral meetings and exams, I would certainly err on the side of caution uh, of the consumer and do everything we can to ensure consumers have ample time to bring account balance positive before the same item is resubmitted against insufficient funds. I mean, I just think that would be considered a best practice. Wow, Dean, that's great information. And thank you for breaking what's a very confusing topic down for us. Uh, and I'm certain that many in our audience would like to join you for that IPA after listening to this presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and I hope all of you in today's audience have enjoyed today's podcast and learned something from it. This is Len Suzio from GeoDataVision. And this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting saying thank you for listening today to today's topic. And please let us know of any topics you'd like to hear in the future. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.